Welcome to Leadership Conversations with Josh Reich and Casey Cease. We have the conversations that leaders want to have. Now, on to our show. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of Leadership Conversations. I am Casey Cease, and I am here with my good friend and co-host, Josh Reich. Josh, what's new, bro? Man, we are just living in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. So, because uh, I'm apparently in the epicenter of it right now. Yeah, so. I'm in one of them too, or near it, about 40 miles outside of Houston. You're in Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. So, our aggressive reopening patterns have proven to uh, be interesting, to yep. say the least. Yep. And yep. just and so everybody has... knows, we, uh, Josh and I, are not separated by six feet, but by thousands of miles. <laughs> uh coming to you recording online so just so you know that's why we sound so crisp and clear we're not wearing masks uh just although uh <laughs> if we were closer we would be and it'd be far more muffled but josh why don't you go ahead and introduce our topic for today uh for our listeners well i think it's timely I and mean, we wanted to talk about uh, just fear and how it relates to leadership because i think right now uh, there's a lot of fear that people in our country have. There's a lot of fear that our employees or staff have, um, our churches have. Um, there's fear when it relates to politics, the pandemic. It just feels like there's fear everywhere. And not only are leaders managing the fears of the people they lead, but they're also managing their own fears. They're also managing the fears of their businesses or churches staying open. Um, making ends meet, making the right choice. Um, and, and so we just thought it'd be great to talk um, a, about how you face fear in the midst of, of a pandemic and lead in the midst of it as you're managing your own fears and the fears of the people around you. And so I, I think what's timely about it as well is that it also connects to the anxiety and the anxiousness that you're feeling as a leader as well. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, and so, you know, down here in Houston, Josh, you know, we've dealt with hurricanes, we've dealt with, you know, flooding, a lot of different things like that. And, and there's still even even if, uh, you know, after Hurricane Harvey, uh, you know, many places, it took a year plus to fully recover. But with something like this, it, it's it's ongoing. And there's a lot of different messages going a lot of different places. You have politics involved, you have business involved, you have finances involved. And so there's a lot of different messages that it's difficult to determine what's real, what's true, what's best. And then knowing as a leader that you're not going to be able to please everybody, no matter what you decide. And so that's an inherent challenge. Yeah. And so I think it'd be important to start. Uh, let's start with the leader. So as a leader, you and I are, are both leaders. We're leaders in our church. Uh, you run multiple businesses, but the leader's listening you have your own fears. You have the fears that you're trying to navigate. You have fears that uh, maybe you're navigating with your kids or your spouse. Uh, maybe you know somebody who has tested positive um, for COVID. Um, I, I know here in Tucson, we know multiple people who have tested positive, which creates just a lot of anxiety. Um, it, it almost feels like, my wife Katie put it as, it feels like the circle is getting smaller and smaller um, as it relates to it. And so, you know, there's just a lot of fears that you're navigating. You know, you lay in bed at night and you think, man, if I go to the grocery store tomorrow, or do I know somebody um, who maybe I interacted with who doesn't know yet that they have COVID, 
Um, because I've heard that happen in multiple churches where people came, they didn't know they had it, they tested positive the day after or the week after. <clears throat> and so there's just a lot of fears that, that leaders are carrying. And that's just COVID. <laughs> that's just health related, you know, and, and then you start to throw in uh, the financial side of it all. Uh, you start to throw in, and then, you know, you're, you're taking in the anxiety and the fear of everybody else around you. And so how, how are you managing that right now? Especially, I mean, you know, you've walked through, like you said, multiple hurricanes and different things like that, but you've started different businesses. And I'd like, is the fear that, that you're feeling right now or that leaders are feeling right now different than starting something or like, is it the same as other times and seasons in life? Well, I've, I've seen basically three reactions and, and I'll speak a little bit to mine in this. One reaction is to uh, just kind of curl up in a ball and give up, right? You know, maybe a, a business or an organization has been struggling for a while and they've taken this as kind of the final blow to, to shut down or close down as leaders. So whether it's based on fear or reality or somewhere in between, I've seen some leaders get paralyzed and so they end up just treading water uh, and then I've seen leaders adapt and adjust their services or businesses to try to accommodate the, as we're liking to call it, the new normal. Uh, where I've been at is a series of several <laughs> of those emotions along the way, right? Um, you know, I heard years ago someone say, courage isn't the absence of fear, it's the denial of yourself. Um, and so it, it's really, you know, you and I were talking before we started recording, you know, there, there's a lot of people who like to create this polarizing, it's faith over fear. So if you have any fears at all, you don't have any faith. Um, I, I, I don't agree that it's that simple to slice it that way, that if a person is cautious or feeling fear, that there aren't some real things. I mean, quite honestly, mortgages have to be paid. Food has to be purchased. Bills have to be paid. And that's true for for-profit and nonprofit organizations. Nonprofit organizations um, you know, have had huge hurdles with re reduction in giving, you know, some places that short term have, but they don't know what's going to come along the way. And there is this idea, especially for churches, that if we don't open our doors again, people who have been patiently waiting for us, um, you know, to open and continue giving, will they continue to do so? One thing that the, the, the government shutdown helped churches is, is that they weren't able to make a decision until, you know, in our state, they made it where it's like, well, actually, you're an essential service. So that's up to you, you know, so put a bit more on it, but a lot of places, it, you know, the church just had to do what they had to do because of government mandate. It's more challenging now that it's left to the organizations um, to make those determinations. And so, you know, for me, man, like uh, with publishing, I've shared this online before. I may even shared it in previous podcasts uh, for a while. Uh, our primary retailer, Amazon stopped buying books completely so that they could sell home goods and medical supplies. And so that, that was a huge hit. For us and so we had to adapt in how we're going to uh, how we were selling books online different outlets different mediums I know Walmart's trying to compete and so we've been engaging there I know that uh, we've been talking with different printers and uh, and fulfillment places because our printer is now backlogged over 40 days on printing regular runs so that makes it challenging and so we've had to you know rather than just call it quits or fold up we've decided to pivot and adjust what we're doing and also come alongside um, offering new type of educational services, right? And so what is it that people are doing if they have to slow down or lock down more? Well, a lot of times they're looking to either be entertained or educated, you know? And so that's really been our response. You know, one of the businesses I own does exterior, exterior window cleaning, pressure washing, uh, and surface cleaning. And so that's actually people, want, especially once they get their stimulus checks, 
you know, they're like, man, this is pretty dirty out here. I don't like looking through these dirty windows. And so, you know, but it's also speaking to those things, um, you know, and so for us, there have been days where I've been like, I don't know what, what we're going to do. I mean, even with PPP and EIDL loans and everything else, that's a short term fix for a longer term unknown. And so um, what I, what I coach people to do, and what I've been doing myself is like, if I feel fear coming on, I try to sit with it directly rather than avoid it or medicate it. I try to sit with it directly and start making some plans like, okay, if this, then this, but I also put boundaries on it. So I'll say, Hey, okay, man, I'm gonna give myself 10 minutes to really freak out about this. And I'll literally set a timer and, and kind of limit my freak out time saying, okay, is panic a worst case scenario? Typically from there, I'll talk to, you know, someone on my team or my wife, Stephanie, and go say, hey, I'm, I'm kind of freaking out about this. Now, don't you freak out, honey. I, I'm just going to worst case, right? <laughs> I don't want to cause a, 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 you know, paranoia. But, but really, it's just to own the fact that, yeah, fear is, an, fear is actually a helpful response. Yeah. Well, that's why I think it's important when you're talking about faith and fear, because I think as Christians, like that's, I've heard people talk about that in this season. I, and I think fear, though, reveals something, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it reveals something you care about. Yeah. Um, it reveals sometimes a danger. So yeah. not all fear is bad, um, you know, because I mean, it is what kept our ancestors alive at different moments, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I, I think it's important to really diagnose what you're afraid of, because sometimes, especially as leaders, the things that we're afraid of, um, we're not actually responding to those things. Right. Um, we're responding to some other things. Um, and, and when you, when you sit with your fear, you're able to diagnose not only what you're actually afraid of, but what you actually have, um, control on and over, um, what things you can actually have an impact in. And so I think by sitting there, you know, because here's what I see a lot of leaders do is we make decisions out of fear Mm -hmm. and, and then sometimes those decisions were, were fixing the wrong thing. Or uh, we end up going down the wrong path. Um, you know, I've, I think that's happened for a lot of leaders in, in this season. Well, especially if you get in, a, you know, analysis paralysis where you're f- afraid to make the wrong decision, like yeah. you're going to make mistakes during this time. And yeah. so really it's, it's getting as much counsel and wisdom as you can, uh, learning as much as you can, but also being willing to admit when you've messed up. I mean, I, we've seen leaders in our country that I think would have had better you know, clout and leadership, if they would have said, you know what, we made a decision here, we own this decision, it didn't go as we planned. And now we're going to have to switch course. Yeah, right? one, I but, think one of the things that's great right now is, I think there's so much leeway in our in our culture right now, um, in terms of, of making course corrections, you know, so you can open up your church and, you know, and then close it and just be like, hey, we were hoping to do this, this happened, it's out of our control, you, you know, and so there's so much leeway right now for leaders to to make some course corrections, which I think is a real grace that that I can't remember a time when there was this much leeway. Oh my gosh, no way, man. I mean, you think about it before, like, hey guys, we're going to meet on Sunday morning and then on Saturday night saying, hey guys, we're going back to online, right? Yeah. And then And then you have a whole staff and team who's like rallying together to get together to pr- produce this thing to launch the next morning or whatever. It's like that, that's, I mean, that, that's, that's not normal, especially yeah. like on church, church stuff. People like to know what to expect, when to expect it. And, yeah. and so it has brought out some good things for people for sure. Yeah. 
So besides sitting in it, I mean, or, or maybe here's a better way. How do you know if you're making a decision out of fear? Um, well, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Sure. I mean, I look back at key, you know, ministry decisions I've made, um, you know, and mistakes I made, and even even making decisions through fear when it was the right right decision, right? Um, I mean, so I, I mean, for me, that's what I tell people all the time. I know, you know, according to my training in the Enneagram, like being identifying strongly with a three, that my base emotions shame underneath, you know, answering the question of, you know, I am wrong is basically where that, you know, guilt says that is wrong. Shame says I am wrong. So that's there, but I still experience a lot of fear. The challenge yeah. is, is I, 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 whether it's a mental problem or what I push through it, uh, you know, yeah. uh, resiliency, you know, runs deep in my family and, um, you know, we get back up and we push through and we figure out the next path. And so it's not an absence of fear and it's not always a denial of myself, you know? And yeah. so, you know, when I think through, you know, when I, when I'm obsessed with what people are going to think or do rather than focusing on what is the best thing for the organization, that's one of the re that's one of the ways is an indicator for me that I'm leading by fear. If I'm obsessed, mm -hmm. you know, if, if, if I'm what I believe as a leader and responsible as a leader, I believe is the best move yet. I'm, I'm allowing uh, opinions of others or possible negative outcome to influence it. That's, that's an indicator for me. Now, other people, it may be more based on finances or maybe based on other things, but um, self-preservation is real. And I think as leaders, we've got to own the fact that as selfless as we think we want to become, we're not Jesus. And yep. so we're, we will have to deal with our selfishness. I think Jesus provided some ways to redeem that through the, the great commandment and great com uh, in the golden rule. Um, and so that's just some ways I, I try to process it as I'm trying to grow as a person and a yep. leader of being aware of, okay, this is, yeah, I mean, there've been decisions in my past. This is absolutely the right move for the organization long-term. This is going to be a very difficult thing to have to let this person go or trans transition this person out. Um, I'm gonna have to submit to my lead other leaders in that they don't wanna handle it a certain way that I think we should ongoing. And then I'm gonna have to face the repercussions regardless, but this is still the best move for the organization. And I think yeah, a lot I, of- I know for me, yeah. like, when I feel my um, desire for control going up, that's when I know I'm moving into fear. Yeah, for um, sure. And, and so, you know, and that's where, that's a gauge for me. When I feel um, just this desire to, to grab more things, um, you know, to, to whether that's influence or power or control of the situation or trying to um, push people out, that for me is when I start to know okay, I'm moving into a fear-based leadership um, and I'm not really leading for my whole self in that moment. Yeah, I think some questions that, that, that I would encourage leaders to ask themselves, you know, are, are to, to make an, a situation as objective as possible. And one of the things I found really helpful for people who are in leadership position is if, if you were coaching me through this situation, what questions rise up in you that you would have me ask myself? Right. As they're able to kind of detach a little bit from, okay, if I was counseling someone else in this situation, what would I counsel them? Right. Especially for folks like yourself who have a lot of eight working for them is it's better if it becomes your idea in vision. Um, but I think for leaders that that's, you know, one of my mentors who's been on the show before Rod Brace is, uh, you know, talked about, you know, Hey, one of the keys for developing leaders is helping them become self-accountable. Um, and, and, and so, you know, helping people, okay, this isn't the last time something that 
either we don't want to deal with or we haven't planned to deal with it's going to happen. But how do we deal with it? I mean, I remember the first time I had somebody die as a pastor on, I believe it was a Thursday, which was my day to finish my sermon and do some other stuff. And it's like, that went out the window, yep. right? And so instead of just have a breakdown because I feel out of control or self-destruct, I had to walk myself through a grid of like, okay, what can be adjusted to make this right and handle it, et cetera, right? In the same way, you know, if your business loses business you know, or if your business loses income or if you're running a restaurant and it go back in Texas, they're scaling back to 50% or you run a bar and you have to close again. I mean, those are real issues that are somewhat out of your control. And so you have, you have to ask some important questions of what is it that I want in this situation? What is it that I have? Cap what am I capable of influencing or changing right now? And then how do we, what, what's the next step? I think when dealing with fear, it's not the next 18 steps. It's what is my next step towards this, this goal or objective? No, absolutely. Well, and I think too, for leaders right now, it's okay to be afraid. Yeah. It's okay to look at something and feel like you don't have control of it. And it's also okay to, to say, I have absolutely no idea how to lead in the midst of a pandemic yeah. <laughs> or how to reopen my church or re shut down my church. And, um, it's okay to say those things. And I think it's okay. But it's also, I think it's space. also okay. Yeah, man, it's also okay to say like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure how to lead when a hundred people leave. Yeah. I'm not sure how to, to lead through a, a 20% reduction in giving. I'm, I'm not sure how to stand in front of my church when I've never talked about money before and let them know that we're hurting financially. I remember a pastor friend of mine, you know, was a church planner and we've been friends a long time. And he, he went and, you know, had a, he never really talked to his church and I coached him through that. And then he went and spoke with them through tears on where the church was and, you know, through his vulnerability and authenticity and acknowledging admitting his fear publicly that the troops rallied around him, you yeah. know? And so I think, I think those things are going to be important. If you don't feel afraid at all, I'd love to learn from you during this time because, <laughs> well, you know, I would wonder though, if you care. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, I would wonder if you care. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, as we wrap up today, just know leaders, no one has led through a pandemic before. No, at least no one who's alive. And, you know, you are leading your church, your business through a season that is new for all of us. And you're going to get it wrong. You're also going to get it right. Yeah. And it's okay if you're afraid. Um, it, it's, it's good for you to acknowledge those things. And as Casey said, to sit in those and, and to talk to some trusted friends about it, to have some people who can pray with you about it, who can walk with you, and to also acknowledge not only your fear, but also maybe some fears that you need to let go of. Right. Uh, yeah. Because sometimes the people around us can say, it's really, that's really not that big of a deal. You're making a bigger deal out of it than it really is. And those are helpful words to hear. And so um, as always, we're just grateful to have the opportunity to come to you. And uh, we would love for you to share this if it's helpful uh, for you to share it on whatever um, device or podcast you're listening to it on. And uh, look forward to hearing, seeing you guys back uh, next week for another episode of Leadership Conversations. Thank you for listening to Leadership Conversations. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it. Also, leave a review for us on iTunes and Google Play. If you'd like to stay connected, please visit our website at www.leaderconvos.com.